You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. Well, have we got a treat for you this week, especially if you want to break through the noise and become a social seller. LinkedIn, of course, is the home for many a social seller. It can add some real oomph to your sales process, as I like to say, and as an active seller, helps me out massively. I would receive inbound leads as a result of my brand, and it would help me with my outbound prospecting. I recognize you, Tom. I think one of my colleagues sent me one of your videos. Excellent. What did you think about it? What an amazing way that is to start a cold call with a stranger. This, of course, is all really exciting stuff, but social media, especially LinkedIn, can feel like a place where you can struggle to have a voice. In fact, it can often feel like a place where we see the same faces giving the same advice in the same format every day. It can feel like a bit of a drag, right? But your buyers are thinking exactly the same thing. Oh, look at all this self-serving content. Five ways to get 100,000 followers. Chat GPT hacks. How I made $5 million in three days. More chat GPT hacks, right? It's all the same. So when I talk about breaking through the noise and standing out in the crowd, you don't actually have to make groundbreaking content. You just have to start conversations on the platform in an interesting way. We're not trying to go viral here. We're trying to close deals, let's not forget. But do those two things go hand in hand? And does social selling actually help sellers close deals? My guest this week is Steve Watt, the Director of Market Insights and the Social Selling Subject Matter Expert at Seismic. You can catch him on LinkedIn where he passionately talks about the importance of social selling and he's also the co-host of Go To Market Magic, a podcast from Seismic. And once you hear me interviewing Steve, I think you'll want to go check out his podcast because he brings the energy, let's just say. My first question for Steve, before we talk about how sellers can get social right, I asked him, where do sellers get social wrong? How much time do we have, Tom? I I could riff on that for a while. I'll, t- I'll try to be concise. They get it wrong, I think, starting with a mindset that, that it's just about hunting, it's just about promoting. Uh, I challenge that mindset and say, instead, it's about building reputation and building relationships and building trust at scale. And when you kind of flip that mindset, then you start to do everything everything differently. I mean, the first thing you do, you rewrite your profile. I mean, most salespeople, oh, I look at a lot of them and most of them are terrible. They're LinkedIn profiles. You know, a lot of people are stuck in that decade old mindset that it's just their resume, just their CV. And it's just a a boring list of everywhere they used to work and a bunch of you know, keywords and about skills and accomplishments. And and then even worse than that, it's the, the brag sheet, right? It's a, you know, uh, averaged 140% quota attainment for the last three years. You know, uh, I've been to President's Club four years running. I saw one guy and, and he's like, master negotiator. It's like your profile is buyer repellent at this point. Like you are, you are actively repelling the people that you ought to be pulling towards you. I challenge you instead to write that profile 
in a client centric way, in a buyer centric way. And I'll say to salespeople all the time, I'll say like, okay, if your most important prospect or your most important customer was standing in front of you right now, what would you say to them? And, and now go write that on your profile, because that's going to be a hell of a lot more interesting and compelling and, and hopefully make them actually want to talk to you. So, you know, profiles are a mess, uh, but also just engagement is a mess. I mean, people either don't share any content at all, or they just kind of robotically share their corporate content. Like there's some sort of Wi-Fi extender for the marketing team. I mean, come on, where's your voice? Where's your point of view? Where's your experience? You have an opportunity here to, to build real reputation and, 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 and trust and relationships. As I said, you can demonstrate real expertise and real passion for what you do and who you do it for. And you're just, you're just not, you're not doing it. So yeah, I, I think, I think we're in the early, early days of people really figuring out how to do this. Well, it's something that you talk about a lot and, and this idea of companies empowering and enabling sellers to shine. What do you think are the steps towards doing that? Because there's a lot of fear, right, from kind of letting sellers say what they want on LinkedIn. How, how can companies get it right? It's, it's funny to me. I mean, do you let your sellers use the phone? Do you let them send emails? Do you let them attend meetings? Do you let them attend conferences? I mean, there are tons of places where you let your people speak and, and you trust that they're grownups and you trust that they have the best interests of the firm and of their own sales outcomes at heart. And, and yet then we think it's entirely different on social. It's not. I, I believe that LinkedIn in particular is, is a conversation. It's best understood not as a job board or a ad channel or a hunting ground or anything else, but it's, it's the greatest ongoing business conversation the world's ever seen. And you know that your salespeople are great at business conversations. Well, let's enable and empower them to just do it over here too. Like you fundamentally trust them or else you wouldn't let them near the phone or the email or anything else. And you do, of course. So come on, like you got to get over yourself a little bit about social, I would say. Now, if you're in a regulated industry or in financial services and things like that, yeah, there's real risks there and there's tools that will manage those risks. But fundamentally, come on. You hired these people for a reason and you trust them in a lot of other places. Let's enable and empower them to show up and speak up on social. It'll do them a world of good and it'll do your firm a world of good. But what about these sellers, Steve, then, who might say to you, I don't have the time for this, right? Not only do I not have the time, but I don't even know what to say, even if I could find the time. So where do these people start with what to actually post? And how do they find the time to work it into their day-to-day? -day? I, want, I want to challenge the whole notion of, I don't have the time. We all have time for what we value. And we have no time whatsoever for what we don't value. I mean, some people work out every day. Other people never do. Now, some people read every day, or they meditate, or they journal, or they play a musical instrument. They do all sorts of, some people do things every day, and other people never, ever do them. And it's not about time. It's about value. It's about what you value. And if you value your public reputation on LinkedIn, you will find the time. I mean, it might be 15 minutes a day, but you'll find that time if you value it. And, and if you don't value it, 
you have no time. You have no time at all. So it's, there's never, it's never truly about time. It's never truly about busy. It's about value. It's about what you value and what you believe is important. So I go straight for the mindset, not for like, oh, here's some hack where you can do it in 30 seconds a day. That's never, ever going to work. It's, it's talking to people about why they ought to rethink why, why they're not valuing this. And, and, and then once you can kind of turn that mindset around, then it's like, okay, I get it. Now, now let's talk about what to actually do. And I think you talk about value there as well. It's only when you start to get a taste of it, if we use that gym analogy, right? If you start to build your muscles, you think, oh, you know what? This looks pretty good. Same with sellers, right? Once you start saying, oh, wait a second, this is affecting my pipeline. And actually building a personal brand and social selling, I'm seeing deals come across uh, over the line, right? Uh, I know for me as an active seller, to jump on with prospects on a Zoom and see them already smiling, because they've seen some of my content, I was like, okay, this is the way to do it, right? This is the way to build rapport and to have great conversations. I love how much you talk about great conversations, but I mean, how does it relate then to actually closing deals? And let's, let's pivot over to the subject of today's uh, podcast. Um, does social selling help sellers actually close deals or not? Yes, it does. Full stop. Uh, the, the belief that it doesn't, I think, comes from yet another old mindset that social is just a lead gen thing. It's, it's about complete top of funnel. It's, it's about it's just about trying to get that, you know, that first lead, that first spark, that that first maybe even that first meeting, I think. And I believe and I and, and I stand by the fact that it goes much, much deeper than that. Let's think about the whole thing, right? You know, you're out there building your reputation in public. You're starting to become a magnet for the right conversations with the right people at the right time. You're kind of drip nurturing the world in a sense. And, and they're, you know, even though most people just lurk and they don't engage, so you can't really measure it, but it's happening and they're connecting the dots and they're, they're understanding what you do and what your firm does. And you're kind of getting into the consideration set. And, and then, you know, sometimes they come to you or other times when you go to them, you're not a stranger coming in out of the wilderness. You're someone with a little bit of name recognition, a little bit of brand behind you. So, you know, it starts better. Um, but what we're really doing is we're becoming the one seller that a, a very, very busy and overwhelmed buyer actually wants to speak with. I mean, for anyone you want to talk to, there's a hundred other salespeople who are hunting that person and they're blowing up their phone. They're blowing up their email. They're blowing up their in-mail. They're, they're, they're all around them. And, and, you know, people are putting up walls to keep all this out. I want to be the one that that guy actually wants to speak with. That's going to change everything. So now, now we're starting, but now we get towards our first meeting and I'm going to have a uh, more people on my first call. And I'm going to have more senior people on my first call because they actually want to talk to me and because they know that this isn't going to be some useless, you know, 20 question discovery call that I've demonstrated subject matter expertise and, and real credibility in the space. So all of a sudden now, instead of getting like one junior level or two junior level people on that first call, I've got six people. I got eight people, including some VPs and SVPs on my first call. So this is fantastic. And, and they're leaning in. 
right? Like you said, they, they show up, not all of them, obviously, but like one or two of them show up with a smile and they're like, Tom, I'm really glad to meet you, man. I love what you've been doing on LinkedIn. What a cheat code to advance things, right? It's like your reputation arrived in the room before you did. And you're also likely that first call is going to be longer. Like they're more likely to give you 45 minutes. They might give you 60 minutes because they know this is going to be a good call. Whereas if you're a complete nobody to them, you're lucky if you can get 30 minutes, right? So your, your first calls better and, and then you're going to, you're going to have a better ability to get multi-threaded throughout the firm because your reputation is kind of rolling in front of you. And then you're going to be drip nurturing all these people after the call, right? I'm connecting with everyone I'm meeting on these calls. And I'm consistently posting really relevant and valuable, helpful content. I'm not just hyping my firm. I'm not hyping my product. I'm actually helping to kind of solve problems out loud. And then more and more of these people are engaging with it and it's spreading within their firm. So I'm like drip nurturing them consistently. And I'm also feeding my champion or champions the concepts and the language that they need to bring their skeptical peers on board. And, and, and I know it works because I hear the echoes. I, I, it's, I love it. The number of times that I've been on, say, a second call or a third call, and now there's more people in, and the champion kicks off the call by saying, you know, here's what we're here to talk about. And they're actually using the language and the concepts that I've been using in my LinkedIn posts. So I have armed that champion to pull people together. So, I mean, like it just goes right through. And I mean, one more thing I'll say, <laughs> what if your champion leaves the firm and all of a sudden that email goes dead? Uh, you know, if you've got a LinkedIn relationship with that person, you have not lost your In fact, you prob they're probably now going to give you the real down low on, <laughs> on what, what's going on there. Plus, hopefully they're going to become a champion in their new firm. So, I mean, it, if you think that social is just lead gen, you're, you're barely seeing the tip of the iceberg. I love it. Yeah. It's so passionate about it as well. And uh, it's something I, I really relate to. And I think anyone listening and um, when they've got that question, well, what's the point, you know, you've answered that above and beyond, you know, empowering sellers, to um to build a reputation that you said yeah precedes them that to me is is gold in uh, in 2023 and then yeah answers the question well what should i talk about we'll talk about the things that you probably would bring up on the discovery discovery call right and um, make content about the things that you're already emailing people about right talk exactly. about what you solve for bring it to yeah, life sellers say i don't know what to talk about and then you say well yeah, as you said, Tom, what do you talk? What do you talk about when you're face to face with them? We'll talk about that. You know, I mean, any seller worth their salt knows a lot about the problems that their buyers face. They know a lot about what's changing in that space. They know a lot about things that maybe worked five years ago and don't work so well now. They they have a, a real understanding of, of risks and benefits that maybe the buyer hasn't quite sorted out yet. And you take them through this during the sales process. Well, just take all that knowledge and that insight and that that guiding hand that you provide if you are in fact providing a good buying experience and not just hawking product nonstop you know take that 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 guiding hand that you provide during the buying experience and start doing that on linkedin and it will completely change the the perception of you 
Well, we have to put um, put a, a kind of yes or no on the fact or fiction of, uh, you know, social selling doesn't close deals. I think I'm going to know the answer, but would you say this is a fact or a fiction? It's a fiction if you're if I'm understanding the, the word, you know, it, it does not close deals as a fiction. It it does close deals. It is part, it doesn't close deals in and of itself. You can't stop doing all the other things and think that you're gonna LinkedIn your way to closed one. It is it is a critical part and it is like a power boost. It is a critical advantage for a modern seller, and it can absolutely when done right and done consistently and done in a buyer centric client centric mindset with an honest intent to educate inspire and help others it can absolutely close deals love that yeah i thought you might say that so uh thank you so much for for talking us through that we are going to end the show with a pump up song so a song that you might put on before you're about to do some social selling before you're about to do a great discovery call with all your champions who've seen your content uh, what song might that be what's the one that you brought in steve well I'll, I'll be honest tom before this call i was listening to some zeppelin i'm a huge fan but i'm going to say something different i'm going to bring you some white stripes Everyone knows about it From the Queen of England to the Hounds of Hell And if I catch you coming back my way I'm gonna serve it to you And that ain't what you want to hear But that's what I'll do Okay, there we go, provided the Boom, 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 booms myself there. I don't know if you could tell. If that cover has wet your whistle and you'd like to hear the White Stripes singing it, won't be a million miles away from my cover, but, you know, each to their own, head to the No Nonsense Sales Spotify playlist right now. We've just added the actual original song. If this podcast is one that you'd like to hear again, maybe, in the future, make a little note on a piece of paper, download no nonsense sales every week or if that seems like too much of a faff you can subscribe today on your podcast player of choice thanks for listening see you next week